the way that I see it is, is starting in a community, growing with a community. And as, as it grows and I grow and we grow and we expand and we reach more people together. Welcome to the Bar Band Podcast, where we talk to the smartest athletes, coaches, and minds from around the world of strength. I'm your host, David Thomas Tao, and this podcast is presented by barband.com. Cole Sager is a multi-time CrossFit Games athlete, Spirit of the Games Award winner, and former D1 college football player. That's an impressive athletic resume, sure, but it's really just a small slice of how Cole sees his potential impact on the world. Can this elite athlete and unapologetic coffee fiend change our lives outside the gym? It's a big question, but it's exactly the sort of thing Cole likes to think about out loud. For Cole, CrossFit and success in that sport is just a springboard to reaching a broader audience. Cole is technically a full-time athlete, and his weeks are focused around an intense training schedule. If you dig a little deeper, though, it's easy to see there's a lot more going on here. Cole and his wife, Genesee, spend hours every day recording and editing content for social media and YouTube. So far, so good. And a career as one of the world's top CrossFitters has helped Cole build a reach in the hundreds of thousands. But to what end? In our conversation, we talk about Cole's larger goals, the lifespan of an elite CrossFit career, and why success at the games is just the tip of the iceberg for some of today's fittest athletes. And just a quick reminder, if you're enjoying the Barbend podcast, make sure to leave a rating and review in your podcast app of choice. This helps us stay on track in bringing you the best content possible, week after week. And if there's someone you'd absolutely love to hear on a future Barbend podcast episode, let us know in your podcast review. I personally read each and every review, so your suggestions will be seen. Cole Sager, thanks so much for joining us today. First thing I notice is you've got a big old mug of coffee with you this morning. What is your daily coffee routine? That's something you're known for. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm big into the artisan coffee scene. Uh, it's something that I, I want to grow and understand uh, more and more as time progresses. But yeah, I'm, I'm an aero, traditionally an AeroPress guy. You know, I, I really like the AeroPress. It's a smooth cup of coffee. It's just it's a good way to start the day. How many how many cups do you do throughout the day? And is your first cup the AeroPress? Yes, uh, most of my cups are the AeroPress. Um, I'll do a pour over from time to time, but that's really that's roast dependent. So uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, so um, yeah, like depending on what what kind what kind of roast I have, light, medium, or you know, is it medium dark? Will kind of depend on uh, I guess my brewing process more than anything. All right, I'm going to ask a very personal question. Before we get into the questions about CrossFit and athletics and, and all of that fun stuff, anything, nothing fitness-related yet, here's the question. And feel free to plead the fifth on this and not answer. How many coffee-making devices do you own? Oh, my gosh. Probably more than my, my wife would really prefer me to have. <laughs> you know, I see I have, um, I have an AeroPress, the French Press – two different pour overs. Um, and then, uh, well, then I have like a cold brew, I have cold brew pods and, uh, those, you know, little, uh, 
what are, the, what are those called? The little bags that you put your beans in uh, and brew cold brew. And then I have a nitro keg to do nitro cold brew. So yeah, I, it's, we, we started dubbing the, the, the part of our kitchen that have, has all the coffee stuff, Cole's Coffee Corner. So, you know, maybe, maybe there's a coffee shop I'll open someday, Cole's Coffee Corner. It brands itself. That's fantastic. I have to say that I've, I've always, long admired you as an athlete and a personality in the fitness space, in the CrossFit space, but these are just coffee goals. I, don't, I yeah. see you as a completely different person now. Yeah. <laughs> I, have, I have a whole, there's a whole side of me that has all this coffee goal stuff that, that I'll, get, I'll get to eventually. Well, Cole Sager, you are perhaps best known on online and in the fitness community as a multi-time CrossFit Games athlete, someone who has been competing at CrossFit's highest competitive level for a number of years, performing very consistently. It's earned you the nickname the Sager Tooth Tiger, <laughs> which, is, which is absolutely fantastic and one of the best nicknames in the sport. But tell us a little bit about how you first discovered CrossFit and when you decided that this was something you wanted to compete in. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, this is probably one of my favorite stories uh, to tell about my athletic career. Cause it was a big transition point. And I think that we all face that in our lives uh, at some point in time when we have a direction and a goal and we know where we want to go and we know what we want to do in the long term, but what we're currently doing no longer fits how we want to get there. And that's that transition point that I experienced where I was, I was playing collegiate football. I was playing football at the university of Washington for the Huskies go dogs. Um, and, uh, <laughs> I was playing, I was playing at UW and I had a buddy of mine who was in the in military at the time. Uh, it's, he, I don't know like what it was, but he kind of had some uh, resistance towards me uh, playing football. He, he saw a little bit of like ego in it. He was like, oh man, like you're so, so involved in football and you're obsessed with it. And uh, at that time, like I wanted, I wanted to go to the NFL. I wanted to go to the NFL. That was like, every, I mean, who, who, who doesn't, right? Like that's like, that's like a young boy's dream. And so I wanted to go to the NFL. I wanted to create a platform uh, through, through competing and playing football. And, uh, my buddy sat me down in a Chipotle one time, uh, when he was in town and he was like, Hey dude, like I, I got some serious things I want to talk about. Uh, you need to give up this dream of playing football and you need to go to the CrossFit games and you, you need to win the CrossFit games. Like that's what you need to go do. And this was before you'd ever done CrossFit or trained in CrossFit before. So I had, I had heard of CrossFit. I had never done a CrossFit workout. I was anti CrossFit. I was like, I will never do that. They do push-ups and pull-ups with bands. How like that's hilarious. I play football. I do bench press. I squat. I lift heavy weights. I I push people around. Like I had this like tough man's mentality, right? This football player mentality. Um, having no clue what CrossFit really was about and what it really entailed. And so yeah, I was I was completely resistant to it. But, so what, what, what year was this and how long did you, did you train before thinking back to this conversation? You thought, well, maybe this guy's right. Maybe I should go to the CrossFit games. Maybe you should try and win this whole thing. Uh, yeah. So it would have been, it would have been in 2012. So I played football at the UW, um, 2009 through 2012 season. And he sat me down before the end of my season. And he said, when your season is done, you need to get into CrossFit. And, uh, Lo, lo and behold, like I find out like four or five years later, he hadn't even been doing CrossFit at this time. 
like he had just watched it on YouTube. <laughs> you know, it's like I kind of looked at him. I was like, really, really, dude. I'm so, just, I'm just gonna go start going up to people on. I live in New York on the subway or in coffee shops and just pairing them with random sports like you, badminton. That's what you need to do. You need to you need to quit what you're doing or or, or mini golf. You can be the world's. I'm just going to start motivating people in random public spaces. To be to be fair, this this was this is and was my childhood best friend. Um, like our dads were best friends when they were in high school. We grew up together. We were best friends. He knew my heart and he knew why I wanted to do what I wanted to do. And uh, and really, when it came down to it, the reason why I, you know, I talk about the transitioning point and knowing where I wanted to go and just seeing that the place that I was currently in no longer was serving the direction that I wanted to go. And that was because I wanted to build a platform. That, that, that's my goal. It's why I got into CrossFit in the first place is I saw an opportunity to build a platform in order to be a positive influence, be a positive uh, you know, uh, you know, impact in a community and reach people and really just like encourage people and inspire them to, to wake up every day and be, you know, like really chase their dreams, really get after and make the most of this life, you know? So, um, I didn't see football as that anymore. And I think my buddy could kind of tell that, uh, I was starting to kind of play with that a little bit in my mind. And so when he saw CrossFit as an outlet, he was like, man, like, I really think that you should do this. And, uh, you know, the story is funny, but you know, his heart was good about it, you know? And, and, uh, you know, I was resistant. I was like, no, dude, like, I don't, I don't, I'm not really interested. Like, that's kind of a funny sport. And he's like, Hey, like, Put your ego to the side. Go check these videos out. And he sent me some videos of Dan Bailey and Rich Froning, like legends, right? And uh, it wasn't even videos of them working out. It was videos of them sharing their journey, their faith, and why they're in the sport in the first place. And that was what inspired my heart. It was like, if we have a community, a sport that has leaders like that, that's the kind of community that I want to be a part of. Those were the, and, video, those were the videos around 2012 that they were living and training around Tennessee tech. I think rich was coaching at Tennessee mm-hmm. tech at that point, right? They were living together. Yep, exactly. Those are those videos. Yeah. Way back in the day. All right. So you start training in CrossFit and you have success. You build this platform to reach people. You have a large social media platform. It's growing. Is this the outlet and the community where you want to spread this positivity long-term? Are there other communities or outlets you want to start exploring? Oh, you, you know, it's so, that's, that's an interesting question because uh, it almost, you almost like, you're almost splitting them. And I don't see it that way as much as the way that I see it is, is starting in a community, growing with a community. And as, as it grows and I grow and we grow and we expand and we reach more people together. It's a, it's a together. It's not a, just a me thing. You know, it's, it's never about me. I'm one man. I can only do so much, but I think that our impact, my impact is really expanded through the reach of other people. Right. So I think that just in being an, a, a positive influence in our space and that reaching out into other arenas and other people's interests and, you know, other people's goals and dreams then now all of a sudden, yes, now we're reaching far beyond just the CrossFit community, but the golden heart of the CrossFit community is really driving that. You know what I mean? 
Is there any resistance that you think folks have when they first come across you? Say they come across you via Instagram or YouTube. You're very active on YouTube. I want to talk about that a little bit later as a platform you're using to expand your reach. You're really going cross media. It's it's Cole Sager, the media personality, in addition to Cole Sager, the athlete, to expand this reach. Is there any resistance that you think you face when people see that you're doing this and you're producing this content and you're trying to expand your reach because they might see you as he's an athlete. He's working out, you know, six hours a day or whatever it is, five times a week, six times a week. I want to see him as an athlete. That's how I bucket him. That's how I see him. I'm not really interested in listening to him on anything else. I'm not interested in Cole Sager, the coffee guy. I'm not interested in Cole Sager, the person who wants to talk about all these other aspects of living a rich and full life. Have you faced that resistance? And if so, how do you combat that? Yes, I have. But I'm really not too concerned about it. It's, it's, it's one of those things like, I, I, think, I think, yeah, people are going to start following you. Uh, there's, there's, a, there's a metric on Instagram that you can follow once your account gets big enough and you, have a, you can start to get insights and whatnot on your Instagram accounts. And there's a metric on there that shows you in a week's time how many people followed you, but also how many people unfollowed you. And it's a really interesting thing because you can dive into those metrics and those insights and start to see like, oh, when I posted about um, relationships and friendship and it had nothing to do with me working out, I had this many followers unfollow me. And you can, you can almost see that per post. Like it's, you can really get nitty gritty, but if I got so caught up in that, I would let those metrics and those insights drive who I am as a person. And that's not, I'm, I'm no different than when I started the game. Like when I started doing CrossFit, I didn't, I haven't changed. Like go back to 2014 and look at my posts back then. There were this, I, I was trying to do motivational stuff. I was trying to say motivational things. Like I'm refining as I age, but that's, that hasn't changed. And so n- now knowing to be able to see in those metrics, it's not going to change who I am. So the way that I approach that is I'm going to live out what my heart really feels it needs to, what I feel on fire for, what my soul feels called to. And if people want to follow that, great. If not, they're not going to follow me. And that's okay because you know what? Like for my life to really feel good and valuable, I don't need a big Instagram account. I don't need a big YouTube following. But I also know that if I live from what my soul is on fire for, eventually it's going to attract other people because they're going to want their soul lit on fire. So if I live and I burn hot enough, it's going to light other people on fire. What is a typical week look like for you? Obviously, training is a big part of your life. I know you're a dedicated family man as well. You probably spend about four hours a day brewing coffee, it sounds like. <laughs> that might be that might be just a slight exaggeration. But you are producing a lot of content on social media, on YouTube. What does a typical week look like for you? Because every time I talk to a top-level CrossFit athlete, I get wildly different answers. You talk to yeah. Jacob Hepner, he's just, I'm in the gym for 14 hours a day and I sleep with a barbell. No, I'm, I'm absolutely kidding on that, but maybe not but, really. But you're kind of not. <laughs> but I'm kind of not kidding. And then some athletes, you know, they go in, uh, Marcus Hendren a few years ago when he was at that top level, he was an athlete, he would say, he's, he says, I go in, I work out for an hour a day and I leave. And then three months before the games, he said, he upped that to two hours a day. And then he was just on his family farm the rest of the time, obviously staying active, but he had a very structured, limited time 
in the gym. What does a week look like for you and how are you dividing your time? Yeah, I see, you know, going back to just your comment about Marcus Hendren um, and then like, let's jump because that was, you know, back in 13 and 14. Now let's jump the five years back to where we are now. And I think that in that period of time, we've seen a pretty big transition in our sport. And to, to the point where we're starting to, we're starting to see more of a professional athlete in the space where people are being able to do this full time, um, whether it be through winnings, through sponsors, um, through social media accounts or whatever, whatever it is, they're able to do this on a full time basis. Um, I am one of those guys who's blessed to be able to do that. Um, this is, this is my full full time thing is competing as an athlete, uh, in CrossFit. So, uh, I, I kind of lean towards the, there's a lot of athletes who go and they spend, you know, six to eight hours a day in, in the gym and they're training. And that's, that's just kind of what it looks like. We're pulling double days, almost everybody year round are pulling double days now. And when we get to the games, like we start to pull triple days. Um, and it's just because we're trying to build every facet of, of our being in order to compete at the highest level at the CrossFit games. And so for me, like, we come, I, I'm, I'm, uh, um, I have a coach, Ben Bergeron. So everything is kind of headed. He's the, he's the mastermind. He's the wizard behind the programming and the, and, and the planning. He's the man behind uh, the curtain. He's the man behind the curtain he's for a lot of top athletes. Yep, totally. Totally. Uh, I'm just, the, I'm just the executor. Now that, that's not to say that I, I have a lot of say in everything that I do. Um, you know, just depending on the body he puts in, we'll just call it suggested programming. Uh, and then it really just comes down to like that you, you got to go and you got to know you're the professional athlete here. You got to know what you can do and what you need to do today. So, um, for us, my, my wife and I, uh, Genesee is at home full time now, uh, helping me through all of this. And that's just incredible and awesome. And I could talk about that all day. Uh, but just like, what a blessing to have your spouse with you. Um, just, just turning and, and, and working with you. So, but we wake up, we tend to have, uh, you know, a kind of a slow morning of answering some emails, um, some messages and stuff that maybe came through overnight. Um, having a good, good quality breakfast, making plenty of coffee, <laughs> you know, and then we get into the garage typically in that nine thirty range. Um, we'll pull a session for, like from nine thirty to twelve thirty, uh, maybe sometimes, maybe maybe they'll go a little bit longer depending on how many pieces in that can you know in conditioning pieces we have in that session. Um, so they'll last anywhere from three to four hours. You're not working out that whole entire time, but you're doing a lot of high intensity pieces. So you're warming up. You do the piece. You cool down. You kind of start that process over again for the next piece. Um, then we'll take a break, like, uh, essentially take a lunch break. And that is full of editing videos, getting stuff ready for social media. Um, and then when we feel like, okay, I'm ready. I'm starting to get antsy. I go back out into the garage and I'll go hit my second session and you know, whatever that looks like, that tends to be about two hours in the garage. And I, I train at home. Um, most of the time, uh, I have a garage gym and I train at home. And so we'll go out back into the garage and we'll do our training then. And then we come back out, get cleaned up, get protein shakes, get a meal in us. And then the evening is pretty much editing videos, coming up with plans for the next video. Um, 
you know, looking through any sponsor requirements that we have, any posts that we need to get out that we feel like we want to get out. Uh, and so that's kind of what the rest of our day and a lot of our extra time is spent doing is that social media side. I like how when you talk about this schedule, you make liberal use of your support system, your coach, your wife. I think that when, as these athletes, as these top CrossFit Games athletes made the transition to full time, a lot of fans, myself included, just kind of assumed ah, it's a very solitary thing. They got plenty of time. They're training alone. They're doing this full time. But it really takes a village. Give us a little bit more insight into the support system that you and maybe a lot of other athletes you're interacting with and that you're close with have to build around themselves in order to support their training, their recovery, et cetera. Totally, totally. So uh, one of the things that stands out the most right now that we're starting to see with a lot of uh, a lot of couples and a lot of successful couples in the sport um, uh, or, or athletes, I mean, is that they have they they do it with their spouse or with their significant other. They're doing it as a pair. Um, from Shane and Tia, uh, Matt and Sammy, me and Genesee, you, you, you're just starting to see that more and more. Uh, Noah and Joanne, uh, like it's it's a, becoming a common thing, and I think it's because they're kind of a secret weapon. <laughs> when you no longer have resistance from the person who's closest to you, you don't have that extra stress. And instead, they're wind at your back. And that's that's been one of the biggest things that I am just the most thankful for is that Genesee has really, from the beginning, stood by my side and said, yes, let's go this road and let's go it together. And that has just, uh, I think if anything, it has just made it the most fulfilling journey that it could possibly be because I'm doing it with my spouse. I'm doing it with the person that I love the most. And in large part, it's part of like, uh, uh, you know, our marriage Monday, my marriage Monday posts that I do on Instagram have stemmed from that. Just feeling the love and the beauty behind our relationship and the way that she supported me has really inspired a lot of those posts. And so from that aspect, I think that you're starting to see in a lot of athletes' lives, significant others or people who are really close to them be wind at their back. But then there's other things that, you know, require like a coach. It, that is something that is becoming very common, which has changed from back in the, in the, in the OG CrossFit days, back in 11, 12, and 13. You know, a lot of people are like, yeah, I just, I do my own programming. I go off a field, I do my thing, or I do one, one hour a day workouts. And then I ramp it up like, it was a it was a little bit more pared down, and now that we're the way that we're seeing training for CrossFit is we're starting to get cycles and mesocycles and 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 it, like a lot of things are changing in the way that we approach training for the games. And in order to stay current with that, we need the we need the most brilliant minds. We need people who understand exercise science and athletics and the sport as a whole so that they can drive us and help us with that. So there's from the training aspect, you know, you're starting to see that a lot. I, I lean heavily on my coach and not only just for coaching and programming, but for mindset and understanding, right. So trying to gain insight and glean insight from him, you know? So, um, and then there's the other side of it is now that we are becoming professionals in it, our sport is beginning to get a, it's kind of getting in the limelight. You're getting a lot of attention from the outside world and the outside fitness community and public. And so with that comes sponsor relationships, bigger Instagram accounts, large followings, you know, all that stuff that comes with it. And so now you're also getting athletes who have managers and agents. And, um, you know, I was, I was one that was so lucky 
and so blessed early on to have uh, Matt O'Keefe reach out to me back in 2014 and say like, Hey man, like I see where this sport is going and I just want to come stand alongside you and help you however I can. And now you see Matt O'Keefe, uh, you know, with the company loud and live, just doing a lot of great things in the sport and really helping the sport grow. But having a manager in the space is really something that has helped a lot because it, it, it takes a lot of that, a lot of the stressors that, that land on your mind and puts it, puts it on them and, and they can manage it and they can handle it and allows us to go into the garage or go into the gym and focus on just having the best effort, the highest intensity that we can possibly get out of the training session. As the sport grows, it seems that athletes like yourself at the top level, professional athletes have been able to reduce the number of variables and reduce the level of unpredictability for a lot of aspects of their life. Will I have enough time to train? Will I have the support system to train? Will I have the sponsorships, the money, the, the, the wherewithal, the entire system? Ultimately, though, at the core of CrossFit as a competition, it is unpredictable. Yeah. It, is, oh, yeah. it is unpredictable. And I say that for both the official CrossFit games and I also mean for the sanctionals and the competitions that a lot of athletes like yourself are competing in throughout the year that might not be the CrossFit games but are functional fitness, CrossFit-style competitions. There's a lot of unpredictability, and we really saw that in 2019. Tell us a little bit, and you know, the Cliff's Notes version is totally fine. Tell us a little bit about your experience at the 2019 games and how your thoughts in the, you know, we're recording this about a month and a half after the games, how your thoughts and your perspective on the changes for 2019 uh, have developed in that time. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's interesting. You talk about the unpredictability of the sport. And I think that being wrapped up in the sport um, in the moment, it seems a little bit unpredictable. Um, But at the same time, if we take a, if we take a 30,000 foot view and we take a step back and we look at the sport as a whole, it doesn't, it's, it's easy to, when you change your perspective to see that the changes weren't really that surprising. When you look at the sport as a whole, we're very young. We're in a growing process. And to think that we're not is kind of foolish. We're still young. We're still growing. We're still changing. And to see and know that a lot of these changes had to come because I, I, I think that at the, at the end of the day, if we want to grow as a sport and want to grow as a community, we have to be more inclusive, even more inclusive than we already are. And we're a very inclusive community, like, and we're a very inclusive sport. And so it's, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I was happy with the 2019 changes, like, but I also like change. I'm a, I'm a guy like, like, I don't, I don't want to stay the same. I personally want to change and I want to grow all the time. So when change happens, I'm like, yeah, let's go. Like, let's make the most of this, you know, and I have a very positive outlook on a lot of things. So, uh, I think that the changes in the 2019 season, though, there were some letdowns, some things that absolutely, I'm not, I'm not taking that away. Like there are some things that are just like, Oh, that, that's kind of a bummer. Like, uh, but you know what? We'll work through it. That's my mindset. Like, Oh, that sucks. We're going to work through it and we're going to make the most of it. And so 2019, I think, is just giving and opening the opportunity to become a more worldwide, world-renowned sport. And, uh, you know, I think that as the people in the sport, it may not feel the best right now, but if we're the ones that have to wear that so that our, that our sport can grow and become better known, then that's our responsibility to hold and to wear. So, uh, but at the 2019 CrossFit Games, like, 
there's this new system of, of being cut <laughs> that, that wasn't that fun. <laughs> you know, it was, it, that was kind of interesting because I've had some, I've had some amazing experiences at the CrossFit games. You know, I've been to quite a few of them now and, you know, it didn't quite have the same feel that the CrossFit games has. It just felt a little bit different. And, uh, I think, I think just going through and having that extra stressor and the weight and the cloud of the cut coming or the potential for the cut to come uh, was something that weighed a little bit heavier than I expected. And then I think most people expected um, I, myself, if, you know, for people who don't know, I was cut, uh, I was cut from the CrossFit game Saturday morning. Uh, and uh, I was in 11th place at the time and the top 10 moved on. I was four points out from being in 10th place in the last event. Had I finished one more spot, I would have gained five points. So I was really one point or one spot off, you know, if you want to look at it that way. Um, but with that being said, I'm a competitor. I've been doing athletics for a very long time. I've been competing my tail off for a very long time and I know what sports entail. And at the end of the day, I know that one football game is not won or lost on the final play. It was accumulation of 120 plays that came before it. And that's the same thing at the CrossFit games. There was, there were moments that I could have capitalized on. There was moments that I could have uh, executed on better that ultimately led to me being cut. That's unfortunate and it sucks, but it, it is what it is. We all had the same opportunity to execute, to compete, to make the most of the experience. And at the end of the day, uh, you know, I'm going to wear it. I'm going to move on. I'm going to be happy about it. And, um, you know, just be grateful for this opportunity, this journey and use it as fuel for the next season. What is, and this is a question, this is kind of a sneaky way of asking a big question. What is your favorite CrossFit Games memory? Could be from any iteration of the games you've competed in. The only stipulation is that it has to have happened during the games. So my favorite moment at the CrossFit Games, yeah. what you're asking. Uh, you know, I would say back, it would probably land back in 2016. Um as far as like my favorite, well, no, that's, I gotta, I gotta take that back. Cause if we're talking about favorite moments at the CrossFit games, it was winning spirit of the games award in 2017. Um, so because you know, that, that was like, has been the highlight of my career being honored in that kind of a way, you know, it's like, it's like winning an award for character and that, that meant a lot. I think it meant, meant a lot more than people might ever realize. Um, but uh, but as far as like competing at the games, 2016 was super special. We got to go to the ranch that year uh, where we flew up to San Jose and drove out to the ranch and uh, had a whole day. Wednesday was all like all the competition was done at the ranch. That was really cool because I got into the sport in 2013. That was kind of coming off the OG tail, you know? So like, that's the guys that I learned from, that I gleaned from, and I watched all of the videos of. So uh, it had this really like, uh, um, just like special feeling to it. That was, that was really a really cool year. 
you are a, a veteran of this point of the sport at this point. And I say that and I think when a lot of people say veteran, it's a it's a, a veiled way of saying past your prime. That's not what I mean here. But you're someone who has perspective and you're someone who has experience. Who are some up and coming athletes who might not have that same level or pedigree of competition experience in CrossFit who you maybe work with, talk with, or are just really excited to see how they develop over the next few years? No, that's, that's actually a really interesting question. Um, I don't have a direct answer for you, but this is a conversation that I was just having recently with a buddy of mine. Uh, actually, it was Jacob Heppner. Uh, now let me think about it. Um, and, it's, and it's interesting to see where our sport is currently because there was a wave of athletes back in 2014 that came in. And if you look back at, at 2014, there are a lot of us that came in in that 13, 14 range. Uh, me, Hepner, Frazier, uh, Olsen, um, uh, Richard Bolkin came in back then. Like there was, there was, there was a wave, there was a wave of athletes that, that came in all of a sudden. And we haven't really seen a new wave like that yet, but we're the ones that we're now those veterans who, when we came in 2014, it was Josh, Rich, Dan Bailey, like all those guys who were the veterans in the sport, um, who are still doing amazing things, by the way. And actually, it's just something that gives me hope that, that you know, I can continue to take my career further and further. But, um, you know, it was interesting to see that transition. And now we're to the point where, like, we're that old, the upperclassmen, you know, and... Uh, I'm I'm still curious. I'm, I'm I'm excited to see what kind of new wave uh, and lower classmen come into the sport and uh, where they take the sport. Who in strength athletics, and it doesn't have to be in CrossFit. It can be. It doesn't have to be though. It could be from the world of powerlifting, weightlifting, strongman. You name it. Who in strength athletics do you most admire? Oh, oh, that's a really that's a tough question. Um, hmm. It also doesn't have to be definitive, right? You, it could be just someone you really admire. You don't have to rate them a 10 and everyone else is a nine and a half. In the, in the strength portion of it, I think it's because I have like a personal relationship with him, but Chad Vaughn, um, just watching, learning from him early on, uh, again, like going back to when I got into the sport, it was all about watching YouTube videos and learning and gleaning as much from the from youtube as i could i didn't i didn't have a gym when i first started getting into crossfit i didn't go to a gym i started in 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 globo gyms and in parks like that's how i started training for crossfit and so everything that i learned was from youtube and um you know i watched so many of his videos to understand how to move better how to uh how to execute the movements that were needed in the olympic lifts and so uh, just seeing him continuing to do what he's doing and having the influence and being a positive force in the space has been something that I really, really admire. Not to mention that he is just, he was, he was such a phenomenal athlete in his peak and still is proving to be a phenomenal athlete. And that's something I have a lot of respect for. The longevity of an athlete is something that's really, that shouldn't be taken lightly. Chad Vaughn, for those who don't know, finished second at USA Weightlifting Nationals this year. I was doing commentary on that session, and I'm very fortunate. In, Chad's an old friend, and I do a lot of color commentary at weightlifting events with Chad, it, which yeah. is just which is 
just fantastic for me because same thing when I was first getting into the sport of weightlifting, I was watching Chad Vaughn videos. I was watching Cheryl Hayworth videos and now I get to work with both of them regularly. They've both been on this podcast, but Chad, you know, at 39 years old was one, you know, like one little step, one just barely missed that jerk away from being another, a national champion yet again this year. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's phenomenal. And and again, it just goes back to just the longevity of an athlete and how impressive that is because it takes commitment and consistency and determination year after year after year. And in that, that is hard to keep because a lot of people fizzle out and he hasn't. And it's really cool to see. Well, that's a good segue to one of my final questions for you, Cole. And that is how long do you want to compete in the sport of CrossFit? And versus, because it could be two different answers. How long do you think you'll be able to maintain your competitive fitness at this top level in the open division? This is so, this is such an interesting thing because I am learning so much year after year. And it's incredible to know where I have gotten to now. I feel the healthiest and the fittest that I've ever felt. I feel the most capable now. And it's because I've changed my body. I've become more well-rounded. I've become more balanced. And having that balance is something that has really opened up my eyes to, wow, like, I think I have a lot more to my career than I realize. And, uh, you know, there's the, there's the subtle 10 year mark. It would be cool to, 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 you know, have 10 years in the sport, go to 10 CrossFit games. There's, there's that, that sounds really cool, but where I'm at now in my life is like, I might be selling myself short there. Like, why am I going to limit my, why am I going to put some fake esoteric limitation on myself when like, I don't like, I'm going to take this year after year and I'm going to just continue to do my best. And right now I feel like I have the calling on my life that this is, I have a long career ahead of me and I'm excited about that. But I also know that I will take that year after year and know that priorities in life does change and that's okay. Um, I'm not one of those people who are so caught up in needing to compete and I need to be the bad. It's like, this is about like, how do we make the most of life? How do we impact the most lives? Um, and that's really where my focus is, but I feel like that is being called to athletics as being at the top of the sport. Uh, I feel like, like I genuinely want to win the CrossFit games. I'm not doing this just to go to the CrossFit games. I'm doing this to win the CrossFit games. And if you, you get me on that train, I get fired up. So that's why I'm in the sport. I feel like I have a long time left. I'm excited about that. Cole, where can people keep up to date with, and we talked about it a little earlier in the episode, but where can people keep up to date with what you're doing, the content you're pushing out and your, your and your wife's journey? As yeah. you, uh, as you, you know, keep, uh, keep competing year after year and, and spreading your message. Yeah, totally. Uh, you can find me on YouTube. We currently started a YouTube channel over the last year. You can find me on YouTube, Cole Sager, uh, also at Cole Sager 35 on Instagram. Um, but most of our happenings and journeys you can follow on YouTube. Um, so go subscribe to that. Follow us along on our journey. Uh, it's a lot of fun. I also have a website, colesager.com. If you ever have any questions for me, there's a contact form on there. Um, feel free to reach out. But uh, yeah, we're having, having a lot of fun. I appreciate people uh, following the journey. Awesome. Cole, thanks so much for taking the time to join us today. It was an absolute pleasure to chat with you. You bet. Thank you. Thank you.